turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. You remember some time ago I preached about God's faith, but I want to talk about fake faith. You know, Donald Trump pondered that fake news. You remember that? <laughs> but you know, they got Christians that are riding on fake faith. Faith that's not established by God's word. Faith that doesn't build power in your life and victory in your life. Faith that's only operating based on what you can understand and see your own self. And God has given us a message that the faith that he desires is a faith of power. To change your life. Listen, I got a lot of people I love in my life. My wife, my children, my family. But if I ever lose my faith, then I've lost it all. Because believe me, my family can only make it based on what I believe in the Lord for. Right? And vice versa. If my faith is not strong, Paul said it like this in one of the scriptures, I became weak that I may be strong. Right? I've learned to have faith through trials. It's easy to have faith when, like my mama sings that song on the top of the mountain. When there's, the bills are all paid and everybody's healthy and everybody's okay. And then we can shout in church. We can run and dance and we can do all. When that's all going, but when we're in the valley. Most of what we learn as, as Christians, as as A lot of this, these, these, these passages I'm going to show you came from people that were in the valley. People that were broken. People that were put in prison, eaten by animals and beasts and sawn asunder, cut in half. It makes me angry, and I, I don't want to get too angry this morning, because when I think about preachers that said if Paul would have had more faith, he'd have never stayed in prison like he did. I said, how stupid. When this whole Bible was built on men that suffered, men that were in prison, men that faced death by a firing squad, men that gave their lives, the English translation of the Bible with people like Tyndale and, and, and Wycliffe and all these people that had, even before Martin Luther came around, they were burned in the stake. Because they had enough gall to defy religion and translate that Bible in English. They stood against the religious sect of that, of that day. And I don't want to pick on them, but I can tell you what their name is. The Roman Catholic Church. They persecuted anybody who would dare defy, dare come. You know why? That Bible exposes them. Or any false religion for that matter. And these men, I mean, when I think about the gall, the knowing, the zeal they had. To stand up in the midst of religion. <laughs> God-hating people. Sacrificing their own lives. And everything they own. So you can have that Bible on your lap. You read? 
Okay. Hebrews 12. Chapter 11. I'm sorry, chapter 12. Chapter 11. Yeah. And I want to kind of start in verse 32. We've got, we've got the idea that faith is getting everything from God. We got the idea that if I have faith, I'm going to drive the best car, I'm going to have more money, I'm going to live in the best house. Everything's going to go great. But do you know when things don't go great, faith is not void? That faith operates when things go bad. When, when things are not so great. Like the letter to see in church in the book of Revelation, we have need of nothing. We have a lot of money. We have plenty of goods. We have everything we need. We, you know what happens with people like that sometimes? They tend not to want to pray. They tend not to want to read. They tend not to want to go to church and, then, and tend not to want to see God. It's because they think faith is just something we say. fake faith of the day is that the idea that a fake faith, and I'm preaching about fake faith, is that God is going to give you everything without you getting anything. You go, oh, of course, you got to get money. That's a, a key essential. When you listen to a faith preacher or a prosperity preacher, and I'm not picking on people, the first thing they talk about, you got to sow a seed, right? If you're in financial debt, give $1,000, and I told somebody, that thousand seems to be stuck in the most of their heads. Everybody's a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars. Man, come on, be for real. And don't worry about if you got to put it on your credit card. <laughs> You're in debt, and they're telling you to add more debt to your credit card. Do you think that's fate? Do you think God wants you to do that? One preacher, <laughs> that was years ago. Listen, it's, it's funny, but it's not. He was a prophet. And he gave. Personal prophecy to people. And he said, if you want to know what God's plan is for your life, call, use your credit card, and buy your own personal prophecy. I don't know if he's alive today, but I tell you, that man ain't even safe. When the Bible says Peter rebuked somebody for thinking that, he, he can buy the promises of God with money. Yeah. Oh, he wanted, he was a, he was a, a witch, a, 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 a warlock, and, and he saw Peter going around and people were receiving the Holy Ghost. And he wanted, he, and he wanted that gift that Peter has. says, hey, give me that gift. And that, that way I'll go pray on people and they can receive the Holy Ghost. Peter said, your money perished with you because you thought the gifts of God could be bought with money. How stupid. It angered God. He said, you're not in the right spirit. You need to get saved. You need to repent. Okay. But you see, that's modern faith. See, faith, faith, faith thinks money can buy anything. I thank God for money. We all need money. Money's not a sin. Come on, somebody. When you give into this church, I thank God for it. When you sow into the work of God, I thank God for it. 
But I'm not up here to preach about money. <laughs> you know your responsibility. You know what you got to do. A lot of faith that was established was established. Watch. Let me show you Francis. Amazing Grace. We sang it a while ago. You know how much hardship it took to write that song? You know how much people had to go through before that song? I, I was listening, like I said last week, about we sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. You remember that song? And, and for y'all that wasn't here last week, the reason why that was song was written, that was a missionary. He was, he was evangelizing or doing mission work in a, in a jungle. And he had his wife there. He had his two kids, sons there. They were working. And what was happening, the chief of the village got angry because the man was winning too much people to Jesus. And he was losing control. So what he did, he grabbed them all, the, the, the missionary and his wife and his sons, and he brought them in the middle of the, the tribe. And he told them, if you denounce Jesus, if you don't denounce Jesus, I'm going to kill your two sons. And they had those arrows, whatever they were using, right, right, ready to kill him. The man, you know what the man said? <laughs> I have decided to follow Jesus. Shot his two sons. My God. He said, if you don't denounce Jesus, I'll kill your wife. You know what he started singing? The cross before me and the world behind. Shot his wife. And said, if you don't denounce Jesus, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> he said, do none go with me. I still will follow. And the people in that group got silent, Chucky. What kind of man would die for Jesus? For this Jesus, like he just did, sacrificed his wife, his two sons, himself. I asked myself a question. God, could I do that? <laughs> Where faith establishes something. Come on, true faith. Suffering is usually around the corner. Or sacrifice is around the corner. We're living in a time where... Church is so cheap. Come on, somebody. There's nobody paying any price. There's nobody sacrificing anything. There's nobody suffering, you know what I'm saying, like these people suffered to, to get the gospel. We sing that song, and you know, we never think for a minute, what cost? <laughs> to have that song brought in the church. Where faith, true faith was established. You know what I'm saying? And what we sing is about the Lord. We're not singing about, you know, something out of the blue. Holy Ghost songs. Things led of the Spirit. That when you're down and out, I set my face to Jesus. The cross before me, the world behind me. Don't take for granted. Listen, y'all, myself, okay? I'm not talking just to y'all. Don't take for granted. Not even close. The price that was paid that you can live for God today and have a Bible in your to know about the character and the power of life. You can change. You can, I would have never known 
salvation because the Bible didn't tell me about it. I'd have never known I could be healed, delivered, free. Then I got to go back and who wrote those words? Who put those, those words into action? Verse 32. And one morning, he's talking about the Hebrews of, the heroes of faith. The chapter 11 of Hebrews. Paul, and I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Some seem to disagree. Whatever, no matter who wrote it, it was God that wrote it. <laughs> and, it and he started with Abel, and he went all the way down to Moses, to Abraham, and, you know, to, to Samson and Jephthah and, and, and all these men and women of God, Rahab, the harlot. You go and you find, you read those stories, how great faith was operating in these people. Not one of them. In these passages, not one that was mentioned ever made, he, there was a sacrifice made for them to establish that faith in their life, right? It wasn't the faith we hear today. Or just go to church and believe God and everything will be all right. That is not what faith's about. Come on, somebody. Those promises come because you made a commitment. You came to church today. Why? Because you wanted something from God. You came and made a commitment. You could have stayed at your house. You could have stayed in your air conditioning. You could have stayed and said, well, I'm going to serve God like this, laying on my bed, just watching something on the TV. And, and you know, you'd made an effort to come to church because you know why? Because faith has to operate. And faith takes action. you got to do something. And it goes on, and it, it mentions all these different people in the Bible. And if you ever went to the, read the Bible yourself, you can identify with almost every one of them, you know? And he lists all these people, and, and he says this in verse 32, And what more shall I say? Explain all the faith of all these men and women of God, all they've they done, all the sacrifices they made, how they operated in faith. And more so, I will say, for the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, which Barak is the one that Deborah, the woman, judged. You know what I'm saying? If you ever studied the book of Judges, because a lot of people don't know who Barak is. Barak was the one that, that was chosen by God to go and deliver the children of Israel. But Deborah, a woman, <laughs> come on. People say, well, women can't do nothing for God. Here's one did it. She was a prophetess. And, and old Barak said, I ain't going to do nothing without you, unless you say so. They got some Holy Ghost women. Hey, when I think about Ruth, <laughs> come on. Come on, when I, when, I, when I think about Mary Magdalene, a, a former, I don't know, she was a, a demon-possessed. When I think about all these great women in the Bible that made a difference. And, 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 and Barak was, was the one, see, Paul's mentioning Barak, but he should have mentioned, I'm not saying he should have, that's, it, that's it was his priority. He should have mentioned Deborah. Because Deborah was the judge. <laughs> and she was making the decisions, all right? So Barak acted upon that, and he, he mentioned Samson, Jephthah. You know, who's Jephthah? Jephthah was a man that was chosen that the children of Israel didn't want. Jephthah didn't want to go. 
And they, and they got rid of Jephthah, and they got, they got him back. And Jephthah went to the Lord. He says, I make a commitment that if you give Israel victory this day, whatever comes to that, my door first, I'm going to sacrifice them to you. And guess what came walking through the door? His own daughter. But Jephthah feared the Lord. I personally don't believe that God let him do it. Because God abhors human sacrifice. But for what it was worth, he was going to take her, give her a little season of rest, and he was going to offer it to the Lord. Now, you, you ever made a sacrifice like that for your faith? <laughs> Abraham is a prime sister. Abraham's waiting for Isaac. He's waiting for his son to be born. And after he's born, and he's about 13, 14 years old, Abraham just told to go kill him. What kind of sacrifice you made like <laughs> And I look at these people's faith, Chucky. Listen to me. The problem we have is that we don't see faith like that. We don't see the faith, the true faith that costs somebody something. Abraham didn't want to do it, but he was going to do it because he feared the Lord. He said, Abraham, don't, don't raise your hand against this boy. I know now you fear God. True faith. And it goes on, Jephthah and, and also David and Samuel, the prophets, who through faith to do what? Kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. Through faith did what? They established God's righteousness. They walked with God. They, they, they stopped the mouth of lions. And he says, it says, quench the, the, quench the violence of fire. I'm reading the New King James. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of a sword. Out of weakness, what? Were made strong. Became valid in battle. Turn into flight the armies of, of aliens or, or, or unbelievers. Women receiving their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured. Not accepting the deliverance that might obtain a better, and they, they wanted a better resurrection. They, they, they said, it don't matter what happens to me. It don't matter what happens to what I got. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to obtain the rapture. I want to obtain when the Lord comes back, I'm going to be with the Lord in heaven. So I'm going to obtain a better promise. I want the resurrection to come. See, the word rapture is not found in the Bible, but the word resurrection is. You know what I'm saying? When Jesus told Mary and Martha, you know, in the resurrection. You know what I mean? You met in the rapture. And the come of the Lord. You know, you're going to live forever. But watch. He's saying here, these are the kind of examples that true people of faith established. Okay? Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting the deliverance that, might, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others... Had trials of mocking, scourging, yes, of chains and imprisonment. There was stone, there was sun asunder or cut in half. Were tempted, were slain with the swords. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins and being destitute and afflicted and tormented. Now, how would you like your faith to be tested that way? 
Huh? How would you like to pay the price these people pray? I was talking to Boogie this morning. I said, you know, when we get to heaven and we meet these people, and they're going to ask me or you, say, how, how did you die for your faith? Well, I lived a good long life. Had problems, but God blessed me, and I died gracefully. And they're going to say, let me tell you how I died. <laughs> said, I was burned alive. <laughs> let me tell you how I died. I was, I was cut in half. I was beaten and tortured and afflicted. I bet I'll feel about that some more. Oh, I have such a great testimony of my faith. Come on, somebody. Seriously. You ever thought the stories you're going to hear when you get to heaven? The people that were torn in pieces by lions and beasts for their fate? I'm not saying that's going to happen to you, okay? Don't, don't get the eye. But watch. I want that kind of fate. And I want if that would happen to me, I could stand and confirm my faith in Jesus and not give it up. My dear brother that gave his life and his whole family, listen, I'd like to rub up next to him. I like, I like, no, I ain't gonna tell him meet in heaven, but I like, what was in that man's heart? How can a man sacrifice his whole family for the name of one man? And he never saw him, he never, he never laid eyes on him. But his faith was that strong to where he knew that Jesus is alive and he died for my sins. And I'm going to preach this gospel all the way to my death. Could, I do that? Could you do that? This is not a message to discourage you. This is a message to challenge you. Is your faith real? In America, we live too good. You know, we have problems, but we still got a home to go to. Not everybody in this, this room is going to probably have a meal to eat this afternoon. Going to sit down and relax. Enjoy your, your day. But for most people in this country, world, it's not like that. In, May, in, uh, in China, they'll put you in prison for going to church. The church, the church is, is, is gathering underground. What that means is that they're hiding out to go to church. And if they catch you, they can put you in prison or kill you. But you know, the church in China is bigger than the church in America. These people realize the cost of faith. And they realize that the faith is real. We got a lazy, laid-back America, a lazy, laid-back church in America that all they're looking for is a show. Give me some lights. Let, let, let's let, let one of our worship singers dress like Bon Jovi or somebody like that and make everybody happy. Let's, let's let everybody, we're not that dull. We, 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 you know, we, 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 we got the flow, man. No, you ain't got no flow. God has called us to holiness. God has called us to live a life of faith. Not to look like Lady Gaga and call yourself a Christian and swing your hair all the way around. It looks like something coming out of a, a, a cage somewhere. But I'm not picking on Lady Gaga. She needs to get saved. 
But the, the church has gotten that way. Where it's lights and action. You know, it's almost like a, 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 I don't know, a concert. But faith that costs something. It's going to cost you something. I'm, I made some decisions in my own life. I made my decisions. I'm still wrestling with things. But you know what? I made my decision. Whatever hinders my walk in this world, I'm getting away from it. I used to want to be the biggest football fans they had, bro. I don't want to see this stuff anymore. You know why? Because people today that should be in church or at the football game. And they've chosen another God. And I'm not knocking people that watch football. Listen to me. It's your own conviction, okay? I, for me, all right? Me, Lanny. I found it was stealing my joy. And it was, it was robbing my worship from the Lord. Who cares who won the Super Bowl last year? Right? Is anybody going to be fed today because of it? Is somebody going to be saved because of it? Is somebody going to make a better life because of it? I never done that, but I can. I watch people paint themselves blue and freezing temperature with a big cheese on their head or some kind of monkey suit on, and they, 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 they didn't think that's that's their religion, man. Come on. And probably some of them are Christian. <laughs> and you know what? They, you know what they do? Well, I know I should have been in church today, but uh, God's gonna forgive me. That's okay. He understands I'm only, I'm, I'm human, I'm flesh. We better stop using that excuse. Because God demands something of us. And if we don't follow his word and do what he says, we're going to come up short. That's hard words, but it's true. I'm preaching that to myself. Is God pleased with Lenny? Is my faith pleasing the Lord? Is my faith in God based on what I think it, 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 should, it, what it should be? Or what I gain from somebody else? Is my faith based in his word? Well, I'm, let me show you some more, okay? Keep going. All right, where was that? Still others had trials of mocking. Read verse 36 again. And scourging, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, cut in half, were tempted, were slain with swords. They wandered in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted in torment, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in the deserts, in the mountains, in the dens, in the caves. And all these, having obtained what? A good testimony through what? My, my, my thing is, when you look at me, could they say, Lenny has a good testimony through faith, or any of you in here? Let me ask you a question. How much have you really paid for your, sacrifice, your, your, your salvation? I mean, I'm not saying pay. You can't buy it. I saw what the point I'm trying to make. But how much did it cost you? Huh? Did it cost you? A loved one? I mean, did they cast you off? Did it cost you family members? Did it cost you a job? Did it cost you, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. In, in America, we, we have a limit fate. What they call that, I call it that. Because 
you know, we might get mocked. We might get laughed at. We might be called a holy roly. And, and some Christians like to go off the wall when that happens. I like it, me. <laughs> I remember I went in a, in, a, in a building one time and somebody recognized me. Oh, he's the preacher. Man, he shouldn't have said that. Oh, I preached. <laughs> oh, the preacher's coming in. And you know what? I went a soul to the Lord that day. And it was, it was just strange, you know. I just went in there and he, they, they called me a preacher. Making fun of me. That's what they were doing. But uh, I didn't see it that way. I'm kind of like, oh, Brother Seymour. <laughs> Listen, Brother Seymour, was at the, he didn't care if they called him the N-word or the, a black man or a uh, low caste. He, he stayed at the back door. He, stayed at, he sat on the step. They didn't even want him to sit with him. Did God use any one of those? He didn't care if it was a racist thing. He was a brother in the Lord that loved God, and he was going to feed off of God's word, even if it come from a bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> right? <laughs> Only if he could hear God speak. <laughs> One of the finest brothers in American history to, for revival me, and it was such a humble man. I read him, I said, man, he, would, he didn't want no pride. You know what he'd do? He'd sit behind the pulpit with a box on his head. He didn't want nobody to see him. <laughs> a box! <laughs> he didn't want to say, that's Brother Seymour, that's the man of God. He'd sit back there with a box, making sure nobody would see him. Most of us said, oh, look at me. The great Lenny has come in. <laughs> the great preacher, the Holy Ghost, he is... Body healing stuff, oh, please come on. <laughs> come on. And you know what? I was reading that. I said, he didn't do all the preaching. He said, whoever the Holy Spirit touched in that building preached. So he didn't have a, a swagger behind his name or, or he didn't have a, a pope's name. He didn't have you know, all the fancy preachers we hear today. It was just nobody's. <laughs> Nobody that had a word from the Lord. Nobody that became somebody because of somebody, right? And they got up, the anointing was on them, and they got up and preached. And then they sit down, and there comes another one. But when one of them would get up and say, let me tell you about myself. Let me tell you how I'm this and I'm that. And they'd push them away. They didn't want to hear the pride, arrogant stuff. <laughs> it was about God doing it, okay? And God is going to do it again in Coda Homes if we let him. If I got to sit back here with a box on my head, that's what I'm going to do, amen? I want the Lord to move. It's a price we have to pay, right? To establish true faith. But it says in verse 39, all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. And he's talking about, he's talking about the promise God made to Abraham, right? They were preaching about the promise. They were expecting the promise. They were expecting God to do what he said he'd do and never obtained it, but they kept on believing. Come on, Holy Ghost. I might die and never see everything I'm asking God for, but he will do it. Because you know why? Because I've asked him. Hallelujah. I've asked him in faith, not in doubt. I've asked him, God's going to save my children in faith. Every one of them will be saved. Not because I, I did it, because he's going to do it. Because of what God said in his word, I might, might, not, I might not see all the things that God promised me, but it will be done. 
Come on, I told Brooke, I said, faith is like this. It's like putting, automatically putting something, deposit that in the bank. When you're going to get ready to receive it, it's going to be there. You know what I'm saying? When you're going to need that faith to operate, when you're going to need that answer, it's going to be there. It's not going to fail, praise God. Listen to you. You praying for your, your daughters, Ray, Yvette? Y'all praying? Uh, Chucky, y'all family? All of everybody praying for y'all family? Don't give up. Because you've asked God. And you did it in faith. It's coming to pass. I'm going to tell you something. Me and my mama went to the... <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep all night almost. I lost my... I went to my mama... My stepbrother got, went and got it operated. And I walked my mama to the, to the, in the hospital, and I noticed, Chucky, my keys were missing. I said, man, where's my keys? And I'm not lying to you. God is my witness. My mama will tell you the same thing. I was walking down, feeling my pocket. I passed it a few times. The key for my truck was in the lock. But wait, the lock my mama got down. I never went, went, went to my mama's door. The key, the key's in the lock. <laughs> if I'd have lost it, I'd lost it on my side. How the, well, how the hell that key God walked and I believe God did it. How do you explain? I, I just said, well, God, how? You talked about it. maybe somebody finally put it. Why? Why would they? Do? I didn't go there. The key would have got lost. It would have got lost where I would have got out of the truck. But it's on the other side, the same car that we parked by, still there. And the key stuck in the lock. And, and, and my, car, my truck wasn't stolen. Could have picked it up and took it. They could have, watch. And the point is that I, I said, Lord, I said, he said, son, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Listen, you can't explain stuff like that because I know I didn't put it in there. I know I didn't put it in the lock. I didn't even go on the side my mama was on. But God put it there. <laughs> And he did that for a reason. He said, Lanny, look, I'm just showing you a little bit <laughs> what I can do. Could have took an angel and come and stuck that key in there. So I'm going to put it where he can see it. And I'm going to put it where he don't expect it. Right? But you know, the faith. And I, I thought about that. And God just ministered to me. He said, son, you remember Nathaniel? When Nathaniel, when Nathaniel was uh, Philip said, uh, we found the Lord. And he said, Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of uh, Galilee? It was, it was under a tree. <laughs> and Jesus came to him and says, I saw you under that tree. First he said, when there's no God. He wasn't an ugly man. He wasn't a cursing man. He wasn't a loud mouth. He was very humble. He said, how do you know me? I saw you when Philip, when you was under the tree, when Philip called you. <laughs> he said, oh, Lord God, you are the Messiah. He said, because I told you you was under a fig tree, you believe? You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> thought about that over and over. I said, John wrote that if everything Jesus did was written, not even the books of the world could contain the books. He did multiple, multiple, multiple miracles. Still there today. Is that the same Jesus? Raise the dead, heal the leopards, open the eyes of the blind, open the eyes of the deaf. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's the kind of God I want. <laughs> Amen? That's the kind of God I want to serve. 
But I'm going to tell you what I don't want. Okay, let me read you. You can close your Bible a minute. And you don't have to read. I'm going to just kind of paraphrase for you, okay? The first, first place faith is mentioned in the Bible. See, back in the Old Testament, they would use, you know, belief. Believe in the Lord. You, you trust in the Lord. You hear that. But Habakkuk brought the first mention of faith in the Bible. Well, he call, actually called it faith. Faith is believing in the things that don't exist, right? Faith is believing in the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of not seen. So faith is placing in faith is placing things in the supernatural. When we see somebody healed of cancer that's gonna die in a month or two, six months, that's that's power. I have experienced it with an old man one time. I saw me and Janice, saw a little a little kid healed was blind. We went to preach at a a woman abuse clinic, and she was, actually, she could tell you the truth. The, the lady was going to have surgery on her eyes, and, and, and we prayed for her. And the little baby started picking things off the ground. And the lady called me a few weeks later, completely healed. 20-20 vision. Not because it was us. It's because God operated in that lady's life to show what faith is about. Habakkuk said in Habakkuk 2.4, we, we shall live by and not sight. That's the first time you see that phrase used. What do we live by? It's not what you can see. It's what you can't see. That doesn't make sense. You know, brother, to, to, the, to, the, to the natural man, you know, I got to see it to believe it. You ever heard that said? I ain't going to believe it till I see it. Well, Thomas was a perfect example of it. When Jesus died, rose from the dead, he says, unless I see the the nail prints in his hands and put my hand in his side, I won't believe. But Jesus said it like that. Thomas, you see, you believe now because you've seen me. But blessed are those that have not seen and believe, right? Romans uh, 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing. Somebody knows that verse? Faith by hearing and hearing by the what? The Word of God. Faith don't come because you saw a miracle. Faith comes by hearing. Come on, somebody. It's good to see miracles. It's wonderful. And it's powerful. But faith doesn't come by seeing a miracle. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Fake faith says, well, yeah, I believe, but there's, a, there's, a, there's an explanation to it. You, know? so there's, 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 you can explain it some kind of way. See, faith sits in church, fake faith sits in church and, and excuses everything the power of God is saying, everything the Word of God is saying. They're just there because they want to make it to heaven. They don't want to be bothered with, with miracles. They don't want to be bothered with faith. They don't want to be bothered with none of that stuff. They don't want to be bothered with living a whole life just so I make it into heaven. I want to get in by the skin of my teeth. Well, I got news for you. There's no skin on your teeth. <laughs> Come on, somebody. To establish true faith is going gonna, is gonna to put something in you that you can survive. You can, you can grow. You can change. Your heart's going to change. Your life's going to change. You're seeing things that you cannot see. You understand what I'm saying? I'm praying for stuff right now. It's coming. I don't see it yet. But because God said, whatever I ask in his name and believe I'm going to receive it, I'm going to have it. Fake faith says, well, I'll wait to see it when I, uh, when I get it. I'll believe when I see it. That's fake faith. And how many Christians live the same way? 
Listen to me, praise God. I don't get nobody mad because I, that's not what I want. But how many times you've felt that way? Felt that way. When I accept what God says, then there's no reason to fear that. I feel that way. Because God's not a liar, right? How many praying for lost loved ones? And don't give up. Because you've asked God, stand on his word. Not on Lanny's word. Stand on God's word. And watch fate work. Come on, somebody. If you never see it happen in your lifetime, it's going to happen. I want people in my, life, my family, I want them saved. And you heard me say that before. As Pharaoh, as Moses told Pharaoh, you can leave, but you got to leave your cattle behind. <laughs> you ever read the book of Exodus? He said, I ain't leaving one hoof behind. What a man of God. <laughs> tell the devil. Yeah, you can go to heaven, but I'm going to kill all you. And I'm going to take them to hell with me, you lying demon. I'm taking, I'm losing one. I'm not leaving one foot, one hoof. I'm taking every last one of them with me, devil. Boy, the devil hates that. Oh, he, he quivers when you start believing God. <laughs> he hates, he hates that. Because he knows he cannot win as long as you can believe God. But it's going to take battles. It's going to take prayers. I'm going to say, well, God, I want you to do it, and that's it, and that's settled. No, you have to seek God. You have to keep planting. You have to keep watering that faith. You have to keep planting that water. You have to keep watering that faith, what you're asking God for. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking. Never pray without ceasing. Keep on going. Sometimes it happens right away. Sometimes it takes a whole lot of years. But I can tell you with 100% surety, if you don't doubt God, if you stand on his word, it's going to happen. No problem. Because God's not going to back up on his word. It's where you are that matters. Right? And I just read it a minute ago in Hebrews 11, 1, where it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. That's where it's at. And it also says in chapter 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you're trying to please God without faith, without wasting your time. I'm not talking about fake faith. Listen, I've watched it. I told somebody the other day, I said, you know what? So many times I've established my faith based on what a preacher says. And it's, that's not always bad. But if, is he saying what God's saying, Right? And, you know, they started making excuses. And, you, you, listen, you hear preachers say, oh, God don't do no healings today. That's done away with the last of the apostles. Oh, yeah. Where is that in the Bible? Well, no, it's not. It's, you you, you got to believe me. It's, it's done away with. I don't believe you. <laughs> well, you know, he's all that tongue-talking, healing stuff. If I tell you that, you know what your problem, your problem is? You're just a sorry unbeliever that can't believe what the Word says. It's a sorry excuse for unbelief because if you believe, you got to work for it. If you have faith, you got to work for it. If you're going to see miracles, you got to work for it. That means seeking God. That means praying. That means standing on His Word. See, most religious leaders don't want that anymore. They just want to speak. I'm going to show you a scripture in a, in a minute. And I'm not going to be that much because I got, I got it paraphrased, so it don't take me long. So it's impossible. To please God with our faith. 
Psalms 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my, thine heart, or your heart, that you will not sin against. Where's faith comes? Faith comes through the word. How does you stop sinning? Through the word. I had one, one, one brother tell me, uh, he got mad at me, man. I, he was, I, I just quoted, I, I didn't even pick it on him. I just, scripture came to mind. The very ver- verse I'm reading right now. I said, thy word have I hid in your heart that I won't sin against you. He got mad. You trying to tell him I'm a sinner? I didn't tell him he was a sinner. I just, I just was an inspiration from the Lord. Today, as far as I know, he's still not serving God like, like he should. Because if the word is hid in your heart, you're going to know thou shall not is a sin. I'm going to say it. Those Ten Commandments are not ten opinions, Chuck. They're not what God thinks you ought to do. It's thus said the Lord. And when you obey God, good things happen. When you walk with God, Good things happen. Now, I'm not saying bad things won't happen because your faith is going to be tested, right? You say you believe God. I'm going to see if you believe God. I'm going to take your paycheck away or cause some things to happen in your life the way you, I'm going to see. Huh? I've been in that boat. I'm not preaching nothing. I ain't been <laughs> over. <laughs> I've seen tests. I said, God, how long will it take to put the faith I need in my life? You know what I realized? It's going to take forever. It's going to take an everyday walk. When I'm weak, then he makes me strong. Come on, Holy Ghost. And it's, I mean, let me turn my little thing over. Just, just, just listen to me one minute. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Or a lamp unto my path and a light unto my feet. Psalm 119, 105. That's to sing that song. Uh... In the beginning, John 1, 1 was the Word. The Word is what? The Word is Jesus. What is Jesus' faith? Right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was. Anytime you believe the Word, you believe God. Right? That's simple. There are people who write books on, 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 and I'm not against that. I mean, they'll find all kind of little, 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 little gems and little, try to make it say something. Just plainly. The Word is Jesus. And the word is God. So when the word is effective in your life, then your faith's in Jesus, right? Is Jesus a liar? Everybody says, oh, no, Jesus. But why when he tells us something, we don't believe him? He tells us to do something, we find other ways to do it. That's fake faith. Fake faith. Fake faith. <laughs> That's when we're saying, yeah, I believe it, but I think no, come on. Uh, king Saul, we talked we talk about David. King Saul was the first king of Israel. He almost done it like God said. God said, but he changed it up. As he got closer to obey God, do what God said, he always added his own little flavor of faith into the story. And God got angry and cast him off. To make the long story short. The word became flesh, and that's Jesus. In chapter uh, 1, verse, 1 John chapter 1. 1 verse 14. The word became flesh among us. Faith became flesh. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? (laughs) Faith became flesh. The word became flesh. Faith became flesh. And dwelt among us. Mary, Jesus' mother, told his disciples at the wedding feast, whatever he says... 
do it. He didn't, say, he didn't say, do what I say, or pray to me, or go to Peter and go to one of the disciples. He said, do what I say. Do what he says. I mean, I think that's one of the most powerful messages in the Bible, coming from his own mother, which people claim as almost like a God herself. She said, do what he says. The word became flesh. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 to 5, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in what? In the power of God. Don't look to me for wisdom. Look to God. I'm only going to tell you what the Bible says, but it's not in my wisdom because my wisdom has to be what Jesus says, right? If I, I, don't, I don't follow his wisdom, his word, I just some step down. Because I'm not a preacher. Don't step in the wisdom of man, but in the word of God. Paul made it very clear in a couple of places. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, we speak not with man's wisdom, but that which is of the Holy Spirit we teach. And that's the Holy Listen, Paul said, we're not coming to you with excellence of speech. With man's wisdom. Go, they got, they got some fancy. You, you hear them preachers out there? They got some, I mean, they got some definitions and big words. I tell books all the time. I'm not a big word preacher. <laughs> and, and you know, they sound so eloquent. Watch, watch next time you listen to one. And I'm not trying to judge people. That's not what I'm saying, no preachers. Listen to them. They got fine words, Chucky. You ever, you ever, they, 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 they talk so smooth, man. They, they got it lined up like a bunch of ducks sitting on a wall. But where's the power? <laughs> Where is the power of God? If they believe what they're teaching, why there is no power in their lives? Why is God not manifesting himself in these preachers? I hear a lot of good sermons, but I ain't seen somebody raised from the dead lately. I ain't seen much eyes being opened. I ain't seen... You know, all this stuff, where, where is it? Could it be we're teaching fake faith? Faith in only the words. Listen, a lot of times, words are not. Paul said, I didn't come to you with words only, but with power and demonstration. Listen, I'm not going to talk about what Jesus promised. I'm going to show you what he promised. But I don't hear nothing about it. I, seriously, I went to church, and thank God I saw some miracles in this little church. Dudley Smith. And when I was singing with Brother Swaggart, when he was with David Diamond, he came here and sang. You might remember that, Brother Allen, the black guy. And he came and he testifies. He got healed of Crohn's disease in this church, in this very building. And he, he gave a testimony to how he got healed of Crohn's in a little church. The power of God was present. People were just stupid enough to believe it. To believe what the Bible teaches. Why were we gone? Well, we need to get back to those times where people just loved God and people wanted to be in church and people wanted to see the power of God move and, and was waiting for God to do something. Expecting God to do something. I'm almost finished. Let me see. 1 Thessalonians 1 5 says, the gospel, For our gospel did not come to you in word only. You need to read this stuff, but also in power. 
Listen, we could preach the gospel, and you know it. And, and man, you got some you got some preachers out there. Man, they got it. They got some degrees high, high like a the roof, man. I mean, PhDs and DDDs and I don't know what kind of. Listen, everything on they they they, they go into school. They want to become some uh, some doctors in philosophy and scholars scholars and, and I said, well, that's all good, but where's the power? <laughs> Where is the power of God? Oh, we're learning how to explain things to people. What, explain it away? <laughs> Paul made it very clear, if I'm not going to preach this word without power or demonstration, right? In Mark 7, 6, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees, and they thought they were it, man. They thought they was God's, God's anointing on the earth. He said, chapter, chapter 7, verse 6, that you reject the commandment of God to keep your own tradition. It's like that in the church. Praise God. Like that in the body of Christ in America and in the world even in some place. We've adopted another gospel. We've adopted a tradition. Well, I'm a Baptist, and I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal, and I'm a Catholic, and I'm a uh, this, and I, listen. And we've died. We killed off the Holy Ghost. You understand what I'm saying? We've explained the power of God and preached it right out of the church through our traditions. You know, my dad was a this, and my mama was a this, and his dad was that, and his this was I don't give a flip what your dad was, praise God. Are you right with God? Are you believing the Bible? We need to get the traditions of man out of the church. He says, they deny the commandment of God to keep their own traditions. Talk about the Pharisees. Mark 7, verse 17, it says, Making, them, making the word of God of none effect. How do you like that? Through what? Through their traditions. You're not going to get people to get, have faith in God through your tradition. I had a, a Catholic Bible man teaches in the Catholic church. He came to my office one time. I was in Lafayette. I asked him, what he said to him? What he told me? That's just not the Bible. I said, oh. <laughs> and I'm telling you, word for word, he said, we have tradition." But I said, what if tradition contradicts the Bible? He, he, he cut the argument off. You call yourself a Bible teacher? So what if your tradition comes against the word of God? He never answered me. Never gave me an answer. You know why? Because he don't plan on teaching the word of God. He plans on teaching the wisdom of man, the tradition of man. That's fake faith. And you're asking people to believe in something the Bible is not telling you to believe in. Well, you're quiet. <laughs> Making this, this, the, 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 the word of God of none effect. Do you know what faith is? Faith is in the word. If I say something that doesn't line up, shut me off. If any preacher, anybody says something, it troubles me when no name pre Listen, I was telling Chicken him a while and then reading. Jesse Duplantis, please don't send no money to him. Kenneth Copeland, don't send no money to them. And, I, and I, listen, I'm not talking about a personal attack upon them. I'm going to tell you what Jesse Duplantis did. Me and Janice was watching him because we like to see what's lying to people. 
He said, if you're looking to look, if you're looking to see what God looks like, he picked up his hands. He says, look, that man ain't safe. He's a blasphemer. I'm not lying to you. We were both there. I know he said strange things, but he picked his hands up and he called himself. You're looking to see what God looks like. Here it is. He, he met himself. Please don't waste your money. Don't feed that bunch of crooks. God help us. When this, my Bible, and, and, and they go around and Kenneth Copeland said he had the DNA of Jesus. Like Jesus, I'm just like Jesus. I got news for you. He, Adam forfeited your DNA like Jesus. You had the DNA of Adam. Well, you know what that is? Sin. To get there and call yourself a God. <laughs> to call yourself a God. That's blaspheming. No, you don't have the DNA of God. You have the DNA of Adam. Adam was okay before he sinned. But after he sinned, I came, I was born in sin. You were born in sin. We weren't born like Jesus. Jesus wasn't born in sin. Because his father was God. <coughs> Kenny Copeland is not God. <laughs> Jesse Duplanet is not God. And you know what? It angers me a lot because I know what we need right now. And I'm talking about... I'm responsible for this little church. But I know what the church, it needs to get back to the true faith. The faith that's based on the word of God, not what some knucklehead is claiming himself to be. Please don't send these people money. Please don't, don't even, listen, I wouldn't send a cup of coffee to, to you know, it's, it's, I'm feeding that stuff. Such arrogance. How many, how many know what Adam, I mean, uh, Satan promised Adam and Eve? The day you can eat of that fruit, you're going to become like God. But, you know, one said, you know, a cat has little cats. Dog has dogs. You know what? God has little gods. I didn't write that. They say that. That's fake faith. That prosperity... Listen, I'm for prosperity. I want to prosper. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You, you, want, you want to prosper. God's going to prosper you, okay? That has nothing to do with this junk you see today. I told Book the other day, I said, you know what, Book? God has already promised me in his word, Kevin, that he'd bless you. He's already promised you he'd heal you. When preachers get up and say, you want to be blessed? Send me a thousand. He's selling what's already yours. Come on, somebody. He's selling whatever he belongs to you as a believer. You, you, they're trying to sell you your own promises. Man, they need to get out from behind the pulpit and repent and get a job. And find out what it is to sweat a little. They're selling you your own promises. They're trying to tell you, send that money to them, you'll get everything you want. Well, I got news for them. I already got it. <laughs> when God's ready for me to have it, he'll give it to me. Right? And I'm not against supporting preachers, and I'm not against supporting ministers, but support that was right, man. Support that which is preaching the gospel. Somebody that's going to make a difference. I mean, don't give it to some yo-yo that got an airplane, airport right in, in his own backyard. Got, you know, seriously, I mean, it's true faith. Comes with faith and believing what God said, right? Faith is what you're hearing out there. 
selling the promise of God. You're selling your promise. Telling them you got to pay for whatever God gave you already. <laughs> Come on. I thought about it. ringing my ear. I said, you can't believe these people got that much gall. They're going to stand before him one day. Our God. They're going to stand before him one day. Let's get up. Praise God.